0: Today's episode of the Finding Light podcast is sponsored by David Pollard at Raymond James Partners Financial Group, which specializes in helping families and businesses manage their investments so that they can spend their time where it matters most, and Tillman Eye Center, which serves Carrollton, Georgia, with a wide range of optometry services in a professional and comfortable environment with staff who care.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Finding Light podcast where we talk about finding light and happiness despite the dark circumstances we may be facing. I'm your host Sarah Claudia Tillman, speaker and writer, and as always, I'm happy to be joined by my wonderful co-host Erica Rivers. Hey. hey. And we're going to start off like we always do, quickly talking about the best things that happened to us this week, no matter how big or how small. And so mine, I feel like I I feel like I'm always saying I went for a hike (laughs) but mine was this past weekend me and my boyfriend we went to um I guess it's like a nature reserve Mm -hmm. type thing but we had a little picnic and then went for a little hike and it was nice to in the week you know busy week that way with a a nice relaxing stroll through nature
0: oh that's nice well mine is actually happening tonight so tonight, the youth group that my husband works for is having their first worship night back together Yay. since all of the COVID stuff. So we're really
1: excited to see all the kids. Exciting. Oh yeah, that that's another one I'll have two this time, oh, okay. was that I got to go back to church for the first time. Ooh, so okay. that was nice. Sorry to steal your thunder. Oh, uh, and <laughs> I'm just thinking of a lot of things. This was a good week. Also, Sunday was Father's Day, mm. and it was a great day spent with... All my family was there, but then afterwards, I got to just hang out with my parents, and I know that sounds like 26 years old, you know, usually people don't (laughs) love hanging out with their parents, but it was nice, quality time with them, so that was great.
0: I love that. I spent time with my dad, too, so one-up you there.
1: But it wasn't the best thing <laughs> to happen. Uh It was the second best thing. Okay. <laughs> we'll take
0: that. Yeah. We'll Do take you have that. a fourth best thing today?
1: No, I think, I think I'm think <laughs> maxed out <laughs>
0: okay. with three. Oh, goodness. Well, this week's Bible verse comes from Psalms 139, 14. It says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full
1: well. Yes, I love that verse. Mm-hmm, me too. And we picked that verse because it has a lot to do with our guest today and I'm sure during her story we'll talk about kind of what that verse means to her but I want to introduce our guest Rhea Story who over the past several months has become a a mentor and a friend for me and today she's going to share her amazing story of how she went from being a sex trafficking victim to a certified leadership speaker and trainer. And she's going to share her message of hope and inspiration and the importance of not letting your circumstances define who you are or who you can grow to be. So without further ado, I want to introduce and welcome Ria. Thank you,
2: Sarah, Claudia, and Erica. It's just my pleasure to be here. I'm just so excited.
1: Yeah, well, we're excited to have you, and it's kind of kicking off our next few podcasts. Are going to be a lot of interviews, Mm -hmm. so we're excited to have you be our our first interview victim, if you will.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm honored. I'm honored.
1: Well, I know you have a pretty amazing story. I have been lucky enough to hear it a little bit of it from you just from our few conversations we've had and I've read about it in one of your many books I know you've written a good bit so I just kind of want to get into it and if you'll start off by telling us a little bit about you and your story
2: sure I was uh, sexually abused by my father starting at age 12 and it really progressed as I got older and he got bolder and by the time I was 17 Um, He was regularly having sex with me. He would bargain with me for sexual favors in exchange for something like a night out with my friends. And, you know, during that time of my life, life was pretty dark back then. You know, we were very Mm -hmm. isolated, homeschooled my whole life. Um, We didn't go to church. We didn't go to school. I didn't have a lot of friends. And as crazy as that sounds now, that was my normal. That was how I had been raised and kind of groomed. And I didn't really know how bad things were, but I knew they weren't good. And then when I was 18, he started trafficking me to men that he would meet off the internet. And of course, this was, I don't think the term even existed back then. Mm -hmm. Of course, this was many years ago. And, you know, life was just almost not worth living. And I thought Mm -hmm. about it. I thought about a tub of warm water and a razor blade. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in life, it's just really difficult to see that the future is ever going to be better. And that's kind of where I was in that place. But, you know, God is incredible in the way that he works. And I like to say, you know, sometimes the answer to prayer might not look like what you think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But um, when I was 19, I met my now husband of 18 years and he was the, he, uh, you know, even all, the, all of the years that I'd grown up in that environment, he was the first person to ever ask if something was not right in my situation. And family and friends had all seen some things and some signs, and they they thought things weren't right, but nobody really wanted to get involved. Mm. My dad called himself a Christian and was um, supposedly very biblical, very religious. And so, you know, no one really wanted to dig into that mm-hmm. and um, question that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so I left home at 19. I left behind the father who sexually abused me for years and the mom who still um, blames me for it. More and uh, I didn't have anything when I left. I had a, a couple of duffel bags and a pillowcase of stuff with clothes and no job, no money, um, no high school diploma. I'd never been to school. And, uh, you know, we can take what life gives us and be better about it or better because of it. I mean, as you know, Sarah Claudia. Mm-hmm. So I like to say, you know, what happens to us isn't import- as important as who we become because of it.
1: Yes. Yeah, I know there's, there's so many aspects of your story that I think it's just amazing to me how, you know, you talk a lot about resilience and how you didn't just survive that you thrived and I know you like to say that too, but one of the biggest themes I think I get from your story is you always like to say one of the best gifts God gave us. And I think this is right from your book is the power to choose. Mm. You have the power to choose how you react. You, you can't choose your circumstances, but you can choose how you react to it. So, kind of talk about that, how how did you react? Like when you left home, and what was that mindset? okay, i'm gonna I'm not gonna let this get the best of me. I'm gonna react in a positive way. Um, i I would not have been able to say it like that
2: back mm-hmm. then. I was determined to just go on and live life. and just, you know, the best way I knew how to deal with it was to shut it up in the closet and mm-hmm. lock the key and mm-hmm. leave it there.
1: Yeah,
2: And that's not really healing that it's surviving it's coping Mm -hmm. and it worked for me kind of um you know over the years but what i like to say is that what we won't talk about what we aren't willing to to heal from we give it power right Mm -hmm. if if i didn't own what happened to me it owned me so Mm -hmm. to speak Mm -hmm. so i didn't talk about it for 13 years i went on i got a i didn't have a gd or anything so the only job I could find was working as a waitress, and um, I speak for a lot of high school groups today, and I love to ask these kids, I'm like, how much money do you think I was making back then, you know, before most of them were born? Mm-hmm. And um, they were like, oh, $10 an hour, $7 an hour, I'm like, $2.13 an hour, oh my goodness. To, and some tips to pick up half-eaten pizza crust off the floor and bust dirty tables, but, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I was proud to get it, but it didn't take me long to realize I didn't want the rest of my life to be working at Pizza Hut. Yeah. So I, kind of an overachiever mindset. I wanted to get my GED, and then I started community college and going to school. And it took me about ten years to get done going to school, <laughs> but um, but I finally did. And in 2013, I mean, I had the job I wanted. I'd gone to school for ten years to get the degree, so I could go to you know have that job and. I was, you know, certainly by my standards, I was successful. I'd never expected to be there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but still the mindset of, I don't want to talk about my past. I don't want to, you know, we didn't. Beyond a few family members um, and very close friends, I just didn't talk about it at all. No one knew. I didn't want to be identified Mm -hmm. as a victim. Right. Right. And in 2013, I heard a man named Les Brown speak, and he's a motivational speaker. And um, if you don't know him, you have to look him up on Mm -hmm. YouTube. He's fabulous. And he was speaking to a room full of people. But he said, you have a story to tell, and someone needs to hear your story, and only you can help that person. And I thought, well, I got a story to tell, but I don't want to tell it. I worked really hard to get away from that. (laughs) And it took me six months because I I felt like God was just calling me to share my story. And I'm like, no, Lord, you don't understand. Go find somebody else. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and it it really took me six months to say. uh, The only thing I can say is at least it didn't take a whale to change my mind. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Could have been worse, Lord. (laughs) That's a good attitude. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, when I shared my story publicly for the first time, I realized that, in owning it, it didn't own me any longer. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really where my, I think my, that's where I took the biggest step towards healing and growth Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: stepping out in faith and saying, okay, Lord, you know, because we don't always know why we go through hard things, right? Everyone Mm -hmm. faces adversity of some kind, but we don't always know why. And so there's always that, that, feeling or that desire as, as people to question God, mm-hmm. to question mm-hmm. like, Lord is, mm-hmm. how is this good? Cause so many, and mine's not nearly as, I mean, so many people go through something so much worse, mm-hmm. but in, in taking that step of faith, I really realized for the first time that when um, bad things happen and we're able to use them in a positive way, that does fall in line with what God has for us. Mm-hmm. And yes it may, it gave me purpose. It gave me mm-hmm. a purpose for why, and it gave me a purpose for what's next, and so 10 days later, I resigned from that job I'd worked
1: so hard to get, and um, that was seven years ago. Oh my wow. goodness. I think that says so much about your faith, and you know, you talk a lot, too, about trusting God's plan, and using that as your purpose, and I know when I was reading your book, and I keep referring to your book it's Rhea's story from ashes to beauty Uh correct that's the one that I have found so much peace from reading that because when you got ready to share your story for the very first time and you talked about how vulnerable you felt and how you didn't want people to see you differently instead of running away from it you prayed and you prayed for God's will and I think you said you know God if if you want me to do this okay but if not let me know and just tell me something else to do or something else to speak about. And I think when we are facing God's plan coming to us in a scary way, a lot of people run from it instead of praying like Mm -hmm. you did. And I think that's such a good message, you know, how much peace and how much purpose you can find just from praying and having faith in God's plan.
2: Absolutely. You know, it. It's not easy to do. I mean, I, mm-hmm. all of us face it, that challenge at certain level, mm-hmm. at a certain level. But you know, that's as, as Christians, we've already made the decision to transcend our earthly circumstances, mm-hmm. right? Which just, just living that out day to day gets a little tough oh, sometimes. Yeah. But you know. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to be working toward, uh, you know, doing what we can. I mean, none of us are perfect. We're all broken in some way. Um, And God loves us anyway. That's the beautiful thing.
1: Yes. And I want to go back. You mentioned your husband, Mm -hmm. Mac. Mm -hmm. I love the story. I love how it seems like God put him in your path for a reason, obviously, Mm -hmm. because he was the only one who ever, like you said, acknowledged what was happening to you and kind of... Gave you that courage to get out of that situation. But another thing that I found so interesting from your story is that you mentioned in your book that he was agnostic yes. when you met.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for the first twelve years of our marriage, he was not a person of faith, and um, just being agnostic, you know, he said, "You know, I just don't know. I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily against God. I just don't know. I don't mm-hmm. have any proof." And so that was that was a weird in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but you know, he was f- from the very beginning, he was very de- determined that I would be independent. In mm-hmm. fact, um, we got engaged very quickly after I left and he said, you don't have to, you know, come here. You don't have to stay here. You can go live with your grandparents, you know, you yeah. t- plenty of options there. And, and, you know, at that time he didn't know we would end up together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really took, um, a lot of confidence on his part to just take that risk for someone that he, you know, we had only been dating a few months at that time. And, um, you know, he didn't know where the rest of the story was going. He didn't know if after I had gotten away from the situation, would I decide to end our relationship? And, you know, a lot of unknowns there. And he was a single parent at the time too. Mm -hmm. So there was just a whole lot of dynamics in that story. And, um, it was interesting because it took several years and, um, he realized when I started sharing my story, he said, you know what, there are too many coincidences yeah. in this mm-hmm. story. Like I, I have to just accept on faith at this point yeah. because there's no coincidences
1: mm-hmm. anymore. Oh. So um, he was baptized about six years ago. Wow. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So it's like God put him in your path to save you from your situation, but God also put you in his path for that same reason. You're. Yeah, that's I exactly that's what amazing. we say. And so, you know what, there again, it's
2: just amazing what God can do when Mm -hmm. we let him.
1: Well, did you find it hard to trust Mac? I mean, coming from your situation with your dad, um, did you find it hard just to, to put trust in another man? Um,
2: I've always had a lot of trust in him. Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of that is just because even before he was a christian he has always had very good character you know mm-hmm. he just has that champion the underdog kind of mindset yeah. and you know so i think that came now i was very determined to be independent like i wanted mm-hmm. my own money i wanted my yeah. own job like um there again i you know it's kind of like that that two year old that's just like I can do it, I want to do it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and not realizing that sometimes we need to depend on others. Yes, yes.
1: that's good. That goes with your blog. Week. Yeah, that's that's funny that you brought it up because I just put out a blog about balancing the need for my own independence mm-hmm. with dependence on God, mm. because I'm the same way in. You know, it relates a little bit to my my sight loss, relates to that aspect of your story because after I lost my sight, I, I still wanted to be independent. And I I do everything I can to be independent, whether it's with physical tasks or just emotional. And I've learned a lot about being vulnerable and being dependent on others and on God because sometimes you just, you need that more than your own independence. Mm that's pretty profound what you just said. And you know
2: what? I think that the interesting thing is is that sometimes when we're in a position where we're almost forced to be vulnerable and and depend on God, mm-hmm. if we don't have much else, sometimes mm-hmm.
1: that's when our faith grows the most because yes. we almost don't have another choice. yes. and I love it. I love for me it's it's easier for me to be vulnerable with God first than with others. Mm. And then when I'm vulnerable with vulnerable with God, he, can help me let down those walls and let other people in. And I think that has helped me so much over the past five years. And it's something I still, I still struggle with it. Definitely. But it's definitely a blessing to be able to pour out your heart to God and know that he's on your side. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's good. So at the beginning, you talked a little bit about healing and forgiveness. And I want to touch on that because I think our listeners are going to have a really hard time with that and with your story and thinking how in the world could she forgive what was done to her um you know
2: i re- i did realize even early on that holding on to bitterness and resentment and and hatred doesn't and doesn't serve any of us Um, Now, I I really couldn't have articulated it then, but I realized, you know, I wasn't vindictive or angry. I just, you know, I just wanted to go forward. And the best way that I can articulate that is, comes from C.S. Lewis and his book, Mere Christianity. And um, I remember when I read this book, it's been quite a few years ago, but this hit me so profoundly what he had to say. And he says, he's talking about forgiveness. He says, you know, when it comes to forgiveness and us holding a grudge against someone we don't have the right because Jesus died for me. He died for you. He died for mm-hmm. all of us. He's already paid that debt.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We, it's not ours to hold against someone. And that hit me. It was like, you know what? I, if I have, you know, if I claim grace and and Jesus has forgiven my sins,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I can't then turn around and hold a grudge that Jesus has already paid for someone else. It'd be like someone paying the yeah. mortgage on your house and you're, you're mad about, you know, just, yeah. it's not, there's no debt there anymore. Mm. And so that really helps me think through how I let go of that. Um, it doesn't mean that there's not still pain mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that there's not consequences. You know, I mm-hmm. think when someone hurts us, there can be and, and usually should be consequences or changes in the relationship, mm-hmm. um, in any relationship. But it doesn't mean that we can't go forward and let go of the bitterness. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, it takes so much less energy to just do that and to just say, you know what, I'm not going to give you the the victory over me and my emotional mm-hmm. freedom, right? And then, you know, you touched on this earlier, Sarah, Claudia. I like to say, you know, God gives us free will. Mm-hmm. So we we don't get to choose what happens to us, but we always have the option to choose how we respond. Mm-hmm. And that's our greatest freedom as mm-hmm. as humans.
1: Yeah, I love that idea. And I think that's a such a good thing for people to just repeat to themselves every day. Because there's always going to be little things that happen, and I'm I'm so guilty of it. I mean, you know, I'll drop something and not be able to find it, or my computer will stop working, and I'll just let that ruin my whole day sometimes. Mm. And you don't think, okay, well, yeah, this stinks that this happened, and I can't change it, but I can respond positively and not let it ruin my whole day and on a bigger level i think that has so much power in our lives
2: yeah it's not easy it's like new year's resolutions it says mm-hmm. easy but it
1: does hard yes you know every day the great thing is the more we do it the easier the easier it gets mm-hmm. and you talk a lot too on your social media about being intentional and yes you know planning out your day and being intentional about how you respond and thinking about making small changes Mm -hmm. and not getting too overwhelmed with the big picture. And so touch a little bit about that, because I think that can help our listeners a lot.
2: Yeah. I, you know, to me, it it really, it's almost about being a a good steward. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, we can accomplish so much and we can do so much, but We have to be intentional about it. We have to be intentional about developing ourselves so that Mm -hmm. we can be the person to do that, whatever it is we want to do, right? Because a lot of times it's not, whether it's a big goal that we want to achieve or, you know, growing ourselves or growing in our faith, it's not necessarily about just doing things differently. It's about being someone different. Mm -hmm. And so that starts with... Our choices, our big choices, our little choices, but just being intentional allows us to become exceptional. Mm-hmm. For example, thinking about the choices that we make in a physical dimension of life can affect the influence. Um, Because I'm all about leadership and influence, leadership Mm -hmm. of self and influence of others. But um, the choices that we make in physical dimension of life can determine and affect the influence that we make, um, that we have with other people. But we don't always stop to think about even the little things, Mm -hmm. um, the little choices that we make can determine our influence. For for example, if you lose your temper and get mad at someone, you're never increasing your influence with Mm -hmm. that person. And probably people who are watching might be, you might be decreasing influence. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the reason I get excited about that is because I think most of the time we have the power to improve and change our world, our circumstances, but it starts with changing ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think there, again, it comes back to as Christians, we, we already know, I mean, it's biblical, right? Take the log out of your own, your Mm -hmm. own eye before the reaching for the speck. And most of the time, I think we tend to shove off the responsibility and, and point fingers and blame others. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, if we'll take responsibility for what
1: we can do in ourselves, the rest will pretty much figure itself out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a big statement, knowing your story, because our listeners, and I know, you know, many people will probably say that you have an excuse, you know? Mm -hmm. I know people have said that about me and my blindness. Well, you have an excuse not to go back to school. And you, Rhea, you know, you have an excuse to blame others because of everything that was done to you. But you don't want to live that way. You want to be, as you say, better and not bitter. And I think that that says a lot about your faith and, you know, your purpose. So tell us a little bit about that purpose and and what you're doing today career-wise. So um,
2: when I resigned from my job in in the corporate world, in the healthcare world, I pretty much thought, well, gosh, I'm just going to put on my LinkedIn profile that I'm a speaker and the phone <laughs> will start ringing, right? <laughs> that's not exactly how it went. Nope. But I had no, I I had no idea. I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. You know, you can't walk and <laughs> can't walk on water till you step out of the boat, someone mm-hmm. says. Yeah,
0: that's good. That's true.
2: And so I stepped out on the boat. I said, okay, Lord, if this is, you know, because what I had discovered was the difference between a career and a calling. I had a great job, a great boss, mm-hmm. a great organization, but I, I couldn't follow what I now found was my passion and my calling if I was giving them 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I cashed in my retirement, worked a little notice, and, yeah, put on my LinkedIn profile speaker. And and, <laughs> and then um, there were a few ramen noodle months or years mm-hmm. until <laughs> I figured things out. Um, and Mac and I were kind of on this journey together. Um, r- about a few months before I made the decision to resign, um, he had transitioned his consulting business into more of a leadership development, speaking and author, uh, writing books. So we were pretty much in the same path, parallel, but together.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it took us several, several years, And there were a lot of sacrifices. And um Mac used to say, I'm so committed to this journey, I will go live under a bridge and I would say, <laughs> oh, honey, I'm not going to take it that far. No. <laughs> so we got to figure it out. Um, but we we sold uh, pretty much everything. we sold our house, we sold our cars, we had um, we'd had a pool and because we'd been very material success materially successful. Mm-hmm. and you know but there again, it's just kind of another level in realizing that things don't matter, really. and mm-hmm. you know it's something that you... When you're prepared to to say, I can give all of that up because I'd rather invest in someone else.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Not everybody values that, and that's okay. Yeah. But we did, and fortunately, we were on the journey together, so we were on the same page.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, you know, we had to sell our house. We moved out of state to be near a bigger city. And so there were just so many, so many opportunities where God brought us to this path. And, you know, we're happier now than we've ever been mm-hmm. he was almost like we're willing to let go of the stuff and just say okay lord and the doors have opened yeah maybe not as quick as we wanted sometimes <laughs> yeah is it ever yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> no um but now you know we we both do this full-time we write books um we travel all over the united states and internationally um speaking a lot of times we speak together oh. depending on what group it is but um his brand is more blue collar leadership mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Mine is more um, geared towards women with Fearfully and Wonderfully Me, but mm-hmm. but the principles are the same. You know, whether we're talking to men or women, you know, the principles are all foundational. They all come from the Bible. Right. And so we, yeah, we're incredibly blessed to be doing what we do today. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. And it says a lot about, you know, trusting not only God's timing, but He's, his call on yeah. your life and knowing that. As long as you're obeying him and um you know being trusting he's gonna provide yeah. and i think he's provided for you not only you know in security with your job and and financially but just a piece with with what you're doing and the changes you've made and i think like you're saying that's sometimes a lot better than the the material things that can come from following a career mm, absolutely um you know you you
2: couldn't you, Mac and I had this discussion the other day you couldn't pay me to go back to a job instead of what I do today because you know I'm able to I'm able to work with a lot of um, sex trafficking survivors mm-hmm. but particularly yes. in this area there's just a huge need and I think that's where my calling is is to just bring hope to people and mm-hmm. say you know bad things happen but they don't have to determine you they don't have to hold you back they're going to influence you what happens to us influences us there's mm-hmm. no doubt I am a different person Mm -hmm. than if I had not gone through what I did yeah but it doesn't have to determine us Mm -hmm. and you know it's a it's not an easy choice and sometimes you got to make that choice over and over and over Mm -hmm. again
1: but it's a decision and um then just walk it one day at a time yeah and that goes back to your point about being intentional you got to be intentional about making that decision every day I know I do when I wake up and I still can't see I have to think okay well be intentional about making this day as good as I can and, you know, thanking God for all the blessings that he's still given me.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm, That's so so
1: powerful. That's a big thing. And it brings us to our final little part of the podcast, which me and Erica, you know, here on the finding light podcast, we love to highlight the positives of dark Mm -hmm. situations. Like you were just saying. So what have been some of the biggest positives that have come out of your story?
2: Oh, I like that. Um, (laughs) So the rays of light, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the first one, and we kind of touched on this already, is going through what I did, and then and then learning to share that, and, and trusting in God's calling, is that it has given me purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's given me a a why, because I think a lot of times. You know, if we're if we're not trusting in God's provision for us and God's will for us, then going through pain and suffering makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But when we're willing to trust um, that there is a reason, if we even if we don't know the reason,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but willing to trust that that God doesn't cause pain in our lives, but He can use it.
0: Yes, I love that. That's good. And
1: yes. that. Can
0: you, can you explain that a little bit? I feel yeah. Like a lot of people don't get that, mm-hmm. and I've recently started learning that it's really interesting Mm -hmm. yeah
2: that's I'd love to it's one of my favorite things to talk about you know every my story unfortunately is not that uncommon but it's not everybody's story Mm -hmm. but every single one of us go through something tough we Mm -hmm. it's just life it's just being here on earth you know and God hasn't promised us it would be easy Mm -hmm. exactly And, you know, when someone loses a child to cancer or like you, Sarah Claudia, you're an incredible inspiration to me and and how positive you are. But we, you know, we we don't always understand there's so much Mm -hmm. pain and, you know, there's not a hierarchy on pain when you're going through something. It's tough. Mm -hmm. It hurts. It's, you know. It's a struggle and we don't always understand. We're like, why Lord, how could this be a good thing? Mm -hmm. You know, um, when a child dies of leukemia, you know, why is that a good thing? How can that be good? And so, you know, we just have to, that's part of taking it on faith is that we already know God doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he loves us. He doesn't want to see us go Mm -hmm. through struggles. But what I've come to understand is that he knows there is growth in the struggle Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's part of the pain into purpose sometimes we can use what we happens to us you know as we heal sometimes we can go on and share that and inspire others or help someone maybe in just little ways Mm -hmm. but there's also the opportunity to grow so when i say god doesn't cause the pain in our lives but he can use it yes. when we're willing to turn that over and say, okay, Lord, I don't understand, but I have made the decision to trust. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes that's all you got, but I'm going to hold on to it until we figure it out. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. I'll we'll let you continue now. <laughs> um, so, really, the, that's the biggest. And it kind of ties into the second thing that I like to say is that, you know what I've found is not just purpose, but passion. You know, Mm. that's really where my passion for empowering women, because I think so many, and maybe men too, but I really just, I I tend to focus on women. That's where my niche is. But I think so many women start to listen to the other voices of the world saying I'm not good enough, or Mm -hmm. I'm not skinny enough, or smart enough, Mm -hmm. or talented enough. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, women just are maybe a little more susceptible to the enemy, you know, whispering, you're not enough. Mm -hmm. And I've faced that, I've walked through that, and just feeling shame because of what we go through, right? Mm -hmm. Guilt is, I did something wrong. Shame is, I am something wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think women particularly struggle with that. And that's where, when you started, um, Erica, with the Bible verse, you know, that's where the whole concept of fearfully and wonderfully made, fearfully meaning awesome, Mm -hmm. you know, if we can embrace that God made us, and we're in his image, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're not perfect, we're human, but we are perfectly imperfect.
3: Exactly.
2: And when we can embrace that, that helps us be intentional with our choices. Mm-hmm. How I use my time. If I'm if I'm embracing that God created me for a purpose, then what I do with my time becomes really important mm-hmm. because yes. I'm I'm stewarding it, you know. Mm-hmm. Do I eat healthy? Do I eat choices that mm-hmm. are going to nourish me because God's given me this body to take care of, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's just really the foundation of if I can help women embrace that for themselves and then, you know, decide what their version of better is, decide what they want to go with and where they want to go Mm -hmm. with it. Um, and you know, really the, the third thing, the third ray of light that, are the positives in my story is just, just the ability and the opportunity. I consider it a privilege to be able to help others with my story because mm-hmm. it turned something that was horrible and bad into a positive. Yes. And, um, to me, that's just, I feel incredibly blessed that God is telling his story through my
1: life. That reminds me of something I heard several years ago. It was a lady who she was suffering from a brain tumor Mm. but she was still sharing her faith and she said i feel lucky that god gave me this to carry and that she she said she felt lucky that she was being able to reach people through that and that's kind of what you're saying you feel blessed to have this story not because of you know the bad things that happened, but because you're able to help people through it yes absolutely
2: and it take you know, it took it's taken me, you know, a long time to mm-hmm. get to this point, right? How yeah. how much um, we have to grow and, mm-hmm. and ourselves and our faith before we can say, God, I'm thankful for the troubles that, that have come. Yeah. But it does shape us and, and help refine us. It doesn't define us, but it helps refine us.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's good. And Look at that, you. I think that's good too for people to hear it takes time. You know, if you're going through something hard today, mm-hmm. it takes time to get to the point where you can see those positives in Mm. it. And also the positives don't have to be anything huge. You don't have to go out and share your story on a big Mm. stage. It's just small things, being intentional about trusting God and knowing he has a a purpose and a plan for your life. And I hope that our listeners have really seen that through your story. I know I've been inspired by Mm
0: -hmm. it. Me too, thank Thank you for sharing. Yes, my
1: privilege. I appreciate you being here so much, but Mm -hmm. before we end, Cause I know people are going to be so wanting more to hear from yeah. you. <laughs> so tell them how they can get more of your story and hear more from you.
2: Sure. You can. The, probably the best way is to just um, go to my website, so riastory.com. So R I A S T O R Y.com. Um, I'm also on social media. So you can look me up at Instagram, Facebook. LinkedIn, Twitter, just search for Ria's story, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or listen for the podcast fearfully
1: and wonderfully me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again mm-hmm. for being here. It was so wonderful to have you. And as always listeners, I hope you enjoyed <laughs> this episode of the finding light podcast. And don't forget to go on over to my website at Claudia.com, and read about all my adventures there. And also follow me on Facebook at Sarah Claudia Tillman and on Instagram at Sarah Claudia.
0: Yes, and please continue to follow this podcast. And if you can, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review because that'd be really great. I'd <laughs> really appreciate it. And as always, we hope that you will continue to find light regardless of
1: your circumstances. Yeah, I'll see you all next time.
4: Next time on Finding Light. You know, the initial shock of that and remembering it all now is like, wow you know that's crazy that I actually got to experience that and feel every emotion after that Mm, and being 100% sure that I was dying you know and and tell people a lot of times you know when you talk about death you pretty much die you know (laughs) like not that when you talk about it you die but when you talk about experiencing death Mm -hmm. you don't get to talk about it after that you know the emotions of what it felt like or what what how close you were You know, and I remember just being 100% sure that, you know, that was it. That was my last breath. And then I'd have another one. And then I'd be like, well, that was it. That was my last one. But what's crazy is the emotion of it. I tell people this a lot. I was scared. You know, I didn't want to die. Mm -hmm. But I had this peace of like, Mm -hmm. well, my last breath here on earth is about to be my first breath in heaven. And it wasn't like, you know, that was fully on my mind at the time, but I knew that I was safe. That's coming up next time on Finding Light.